Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Garden of the Houston Round Ball Review. Joining me is Andy Yanez of Gallery Sports and James Mueller from, from, for the time being, still the Daily Cougar, but he'll be getting a job working, landing in the professional ranks soon enough. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Chris. We're ready for a jam-packed show. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Andy, if you don't mind, do me a favor and uh, just read quote tweet that Jalen Lowe is, is joining us on Folks Talking Sports. And without further ado, looks like my man is riding in the car. I hope he's not driving as he's going to talk to us. So that's good. I don't know if his dad can drive. I don't know. But uh, we're going to bring him in. The winner of the 2023 Guy B. Lewis Award from Fort Bend Marshall going to Pitt, Mr. Jalen Lowe. How are you, young man? I'm good. How are y'all? Doing great, doing great. How does that sound, man? Has it gotten old yet? Has it gotten uh, tired yet for you to be referred to as the winner of the 2023 Gavi Lewis Award? No, I won't get tired. I mean, I love hearing it for sure. Were you surprised? Uh, just a tad bit, yeah. I was, I was hoping I would get it. Wasn't, I wasn't 100% positive, but I was hoping I would get it. Congratulations again to you. And I think I, I told you... After we took the picture, when your mom made me take a picture, <laughs> but I was happy for you uh, because Jalen, you know, Andy, James, you guys know Jalen's been a guest on Folks Talking Sports earlier in the year, back in, I think, November. So he's been on twice. But the first time he was on, he mentioned how one of his goals for the season was to win the Gabby Lewis Award. So as a member of the committee, I was glad to hear that. And now... You are the winner. Jalen, just give me your thoughts on it a few days later that you are the top boys high school player in the greater Houston area. I mean, I'm just grateful, to be honest with you. I mean, it was just a great accomplishment, all the hard work uh, I've been through, and just to have this to cap it off uh, with my senior season has just been great, and I'm just glad that you guys and everybody else decided that uh, I was the right person for this award. And I was, I don't, let me say this for those who are wondering. Yes, I am on the committee, but no, I don't have a vote in it. I just count the votes. So I have no say, and I did not cast a vote for Jalen. I just received the votes from the committee. And when I realized he was a winner, we announced it on, on Wednesday at East River 9 that he was winner of the award. So just get that out there. Oh, Chris, nope. I no thumb on the scale, none of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just count the votes. Jalen, you scored 2,000 points this season in your high school career. What was the highlight of your, your season this year? I mean, just, I mean, I don't, I don't think there was a specific highlight. Just us making it all the way that, uh, to the regional finals. I mean, that was just great. I mean, just being able to play with my brother in this group, it was just overall just a great, just a great time. And I can't, I can't put no, I can't pinpoint a specific time where it was just a highlight of my senior year. All of it was just great because I had a great time playing out there with my teammates. I had a great time with my coach. I mean, it was just great overall. Andy, James, you guys have any questions for uh, the winner of the 2023 Gavi Lewis Award, Jalen Lowe? For sure. I'll go first. First, Jalen, congratulations on winning the 2023 Gavi Lewis Award and and really on a, on a great season. But obviously, of course, right now, 
We are peak Final Four season. We had the two games last night, the crazy first game between uh, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. It's San Diego State and UConn in the national championship. You got any anyone that you're going to be looking forward to the national championship game? Yeah, for sure. I, I wanted Miami to win yesterday because ACC mm-hmm. team, but uh, nah, UConn was, UConn was looking really good. But, uh, I mean, we've got a former Houston uh, Kincaid player, Jane Ledee, on uh, San Diego State, so I'm happy for him. But I don't know. I think I think UConn, UConn looked a little good last night, so I'm going to have to go to UConn in the championship. James, how about you? Yeah, uh, congrats, Jalen, um, on winning the award. And I was just wondering, when you look at, you know, the names of, you know, the, some Houston greats that have won that award, just being mentioned in the company with them and just sort of what they've gone on to do, can you talk a little bit about that um, now that you're part of that group? I mean, it's just great. I mean, those guys in that category, the names and the statue of their names and where they are right now, I mean, it's just a blessing to be to have my name incorporated with theirs, and that's awesome because those guys – they're legends in the city, and they're still doing a lot more right now to this day. And just to be just be part of that, I mean, overall, it's just really, really great. Jalen, with the men's Final Four here in Houston, I think that your college coaches are in town. Have you had a chance to uh, spend time with them, and have they talked to you about winning the award? Uh, yeah, uh, my one of my coaches is down here. He came down to watch one of our uh, – players in the dunk contest um, but I haven't seen him but uh, overall they yeah both coaches coach Capel and coach Brown they uh, both called me and texted me and congratulated me on the award and just for saying how big this award was and just to just to know that overall it was a great achievement and I think we're going to try to bring in Willie Gibson here because he might have a question for you or want to congratulate you Willie's getting a suntan or something he's outside chilling what's up Willie Gibson Gentlemen, hey, gentlemen, we got eagles in the background too. Little How bit you doing, Willie? Unknown. Now, I'm good. I'm good. How about you guys? Doing great. You got a question for a, a comment for Jalen Lowe? I do. Um, first and foremost, congratulations, man, on the uh, prestigious honor. And um, as far as I'm not sure if you've been asked this, I apologize. I jumped uh, late, but. Um, as far as uh, the, the pit, uh, Sonny, do you have plans to go in early, or do you have plans to to go in uh, over the summer, or what, what are your plans as far as, or have you been thought that far ahead? Uh, yeah, so the plan right now is just probably uh, go up there second and third week of June and uh, start summer workouts with the team at the uh, end of June because they start their uh, little session together as a team. So I will head up. I plan to head up there about the second week of June. And I want to, Jalen, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, on we retweeted your winning the award Wednesday. It looked like you got a lot of love from Pitt fans. So did you hear from any Panther fans about uh, winning the the 2023 Gabby Lewis Award? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Pitt fans—they're they're great. They keep, they stay updated with everything, and they're just really involved with whatever, with whatever uh, my name is involved with. So I'm just glad that they recognize that, and I get love from them. All right. Who, who's driving you right now, man? Is your mom or your dad? My mom. She's driving right now. Well, Coming back from my, my brother's game. Did, did he win? His team win? 
No, they lost by four at the end. How how good is is the next one in line? Oh no, he's he's pretty good. I, he's really good actually. I mean, he's a uh, he's he's a uh, really got into a good place now over at Marshall, where he's able to display his talents now. So he's he's learning and growing a lot right now. What have you learned from Coach Ronnie Courtney during your time at Marshall? Uh, that uh, that just leadership. He taught me how to, to be a better leader. Hello? Yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so he just taught me overall be, how to be a better leader, just to help guide my team in different ways and just be able to just maneuver some things around and just overall just yeah, that leadership role uh, being out there and having to be the most vocal person and that's it. And one last thing, because I want to let you get, you know, spend time with the family as y'all head back. What would you like to, what areas would you like to improve in your first your first year at Pitt, um, my strength for sure, and then my probably my uh, range. I want to uh, extend my range a little bit on my three point shot. All right, let's wrap it up, Andy James and Will. Y'all got any more questions for Jalen Lowe? I got one more. Um, just watching Pitt from afar this year, just the program getting back to you know being ranked and winning a few games in the tournament, just talk about the trajectory and just how exciting it is to go into a time where, you know, pit basketball is sort of on the rise again. I mean, it's amazing because right now people didn't really think this year, people didn't really think it was going to be such a, a great team. They had them ranked in 14th in the ACC. But after what they just proved this year, I mean, it's great going into the situation because now you know God, you've got people watching you and you know you've got a chip on your shoulder. Uh, they know that uh, we got to pick up some pieces, and that's what we're going to try and do. Will, James, how about you guys? Anything left? Any other thing for, you want to ask Jalen? All right. Well, Jalen Lowe, thank you very much, man. Um, tell your mom we said thank you very much for, for what she's done for you. And your, tell your dad we said hi as well. And keep in touch. And uh, trust me, man, I'll, I'll, we'll be following your career. Uh, at Pitt. So once again, congrats to you and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, Jalen, one last thing before you go. Oh, he, oh he left. No, he no, left. no. I'm okay. just going to tell him. I'm just going to tell him, take it easy on the Tar Heels whenever you get a chance. Just take it a little easy. <laughs> wow, Will. Is it like that now, know. man? You it lose, is, you know, it is. You lose, play, you lose losing players to Duke now, Will. What were your that's thoughts crazy. on Caleb Love, man? I mean, that, that's... Man, that's... Man. You know that was yesterday. It was April Fool's, man. Come on. That's April Fool's. <laughs> Cut it out. Oh, oh, my goodness. But, all right. That was Jalen Lowe, the winner of the 2023 Gavi Lewis Award. Congrats to him. Cougar fans, we're going to talk now some some news I got a lot of things to say about women's basketball. Congrats to LSU winning the national championship. 102 to 85 over Iowa. Way too many fouls called in that game. Russ got involved way too much. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. We're going to talk about Mr. Tremont Mark here for the next few minutes on Folk Talk of Sports. And of course, notice, no sponsor right now currently. Our sponsorship from... Um, five-star properties ended last month so if you want to be a sponsor of the show please contact me 
at thehr.com. But um, kgardner at thehr.com. On email, or just follow me, hit me on Twitter there as well, or Andy, and we can, we'll take care of you, accommodate you for your sponsorship because Big 12 is almost here for Houston, and we're not going anywhere. We're still going to be still doing folk talking sports during the summer, during the season, during the fall, football season, basketball season, all of those things. So don't worry about that. We're not going anywhere. But go to you first, Andy and James. You, you want to you take, take it first. Jamon Mark deciding to enter the transfer portal. Your thoughts. James, you got it? Uh, I mean, sure. Um, the The NBA, I mean, he, he. I don't think he'll actually go through. He he declared for the draft while maintaining his eligibility along with entering the portal. I don't think he'll actually, you know, stay in the draft. That part didn't surprise me. Jamal Shedd's doing the same thing. But um, I was a little caught off guard, and I think a lot of people in Houston were just with his decision to transfer, just given that, you know, your leading scorer and Marcus Sasser is gone. Next year, he'd probably be one of the focal points of the offense. Um, This year, he was probably the third option. Um, And just given Houston's success, you know, I mean, people talk about them losing starters each year, but they're still one of the top teams every year um, with what Kelvin Sampson was has done. So um, I was definitely surprised that um, to see him enter his name into the portal. I don't know exactly where he'll end up, but um, yeah, um, Houston now has a few different shoes to fill. I I still think Jamal Shedd will come back, even though he's testing out the waters. But uh, I mean best case scenario for Houston is you get Jamal Shedd and Jawan Roberts. You have two starters back and you got to replace the other three. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Andy, what do you, what were your initial thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts, similar to James, I, uh, I was stunned. I was stunned that he, well, not the part of testing NBA waters. We all kind of assumed that we mentioned in the last let's rage Cougs that we had, um, that really it was due diligence for both Shed and Mark to test NBA waters, go through the process, get that feedback. Now, in terms of entering the transfer portal, absolutely. It was shocking for me because like the points James said, you know, you'd expect with them losing Sass or losing Jarvis Walker, you know, this would really be a team in 23-24 where you really get to see, I mean, that certainly the bulk of the offense may be going through Tremont and certainly both Tremont Mark and Jamal Shedd, him being that go-to score for the team. And for whatever reason, um, he had his his reasons, personal reasons, uh, quote-unquote, from the original, from not the original, from the press release that the Houston Cougars sent out shortly after the the Twitter post that Tremont Mark made, but then I was really surprised when Chris, you've heard this as well. Apparently this is something that Tremont Mark knew he was going to do for weeks. And I've heard as as early as two months ago where he was committed that he was no longer going to be with the Houston Cougars after this season, which in and of itself is shocking. Again, just to think where you, you'd figure he'd kind of be slotted you know, year in and year out. There's always kind of a go-to guard. I mean, just think of the last few seasons when you think of a team that's just going back to when they went to the Final Four, they relied heavily on Quentin Grimes. You saw his ascension. And then the last couple of seasons, I know the, the 21-22 was a little bit different because of the injuries, but this past season, Marcus Sasser, 
kind of grew into that role, you figured that it it kind of be slotted for Mark to be that next guard in line to to kind of carry the bulk of the torch when it comes to Houston and the offensive perspective. And to add on to that, that it was something that he he had in the back of his mind throughout the whole process certainly makes it a lot more interesting. And and it's, it's from an outside perspective, it's puzzling to be honest. I'm curious just to figure out what exactly kind of is the reasoning behind it. And if you look at it from a fan perspective, you know, to hear that he he knew that he was going to be gone for a while kind of you know makes you think where the whole process was throughout to the end of the season from a mentality standpoint. Didn't surprise me one bit. I I got called, said, hey. Don't be surprised if Jamon Mark enters the portal. I said, okay. Um, Jamon Mark is at UH three years, three seasons. He and his, this is my opinion, getting bad advice from his people, his, what do you even call them? Handlers, friends, family, whatever. Um, initially, his goal or their goal was to be at UH two years and then go pro. He got hurt second year, so he wasn't gonna go pro after his second year. So he came back for the third year. So I'm not surprised at all. Will, Andy, James, anybody who follows me on Twitter, who knows me, follows me on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, knows where I stand with transfers. If you don't want to be here, bye. <laughs> bye. I'm don't miss you. Good luck to, to Jamon. Good luck to him. Good luck to his family and his friends. Kelvin Sampson and the staff will be fine. They weren't surprised by this move. They'll be fine. They'll hit the transfer portal and fill a Marcus Sasser role and now a Jamon Mark role. So I know I w- was not shocked. Like I said, just in conversation with people I trust, don't be surprised when Jamon Mark enters a portal. All right, cool. I was going to post it because that stuff, that's Jamon's decision to announce. Let him let him tweet that out there. I'm not going to be, you know, those national folks will <clears throat> who do that kind of stuff. That's his news to share. But yeah, I knew about it. Good luck to him. Either you want to be with the program or you don't. And when Andy said, and Chris Ball put it out there as well about this was not, this was in the works or thought about for two months, kind of shows you where his head's at. I think these last two months. So you take that for what it's worth as well. And I hope it works out better for him than Armani Brooks. His decision to, to just leave and not come back, not into the portal. But Andy, James, guys, how many? Caleb Mills. Let's talk about that too, Andy and James. How many Cougars who have left early, transferred, pick either one, and have had success in their next destination? Not many. I mean, you look at it. um, The best decision you look at in recent years was Quentin Grimes, right? He comes out of high school, top one of the top recruits in the country. Kansas doesn't work out. He could have gone pro after his first year at UH, but he was just average. He goes. He comes back for an, another year, and then he's a first rounder. Uh, when you look, you know, previously you mentioned Armani. Um, 
if he would have stayed another year, that probably works out for him better. I don't think even if Tremont decides to stay in the draft, I don't think he gets drafted. Agreed. And he'll probably have to do the similar route, either uh, G League, try to work your way through or make some noise overseas somehow. Um, and I mean, yeah, you, you look in the past, uh, it just hasn't worked out for the most part. And I, I mean, it just one of the things Houston prides themselves on in Kelvin Sampson is the develop, player development. And, you know, each year you get under Sampson in that program betters you for the future. Um, and we've talked about this in the past. You know, the, Houston isn't the school that's gotten the Jarris Walkers in the past. You know, they've gotten these underrated sort of kids that not many people have looked. And now they've turned them into some things. So it's not like these kids are coming into Houston where it's like a shade and sharp. You, you don't even have to play a college game and you're still a lottery pick. Um, so, yeah, I just think... Uh, I mean, history has shown it's probably leaving UH early is not the has not fared well for um, for people in the past. What do you say, Andy? I, I think certainly if you look at it from a trend perspective, um, I agree with, with James in terms of I, I don't think I don't see him keeping his name in the NBA draft. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be back for what would technically be his redshirt junior year because of that injury that he had last season. But uh, on the topic of Caleb Mills, because Chris, you brought it up. And again, going from the national report, this is John Rostein of CBS Sports and the other outlets that, that he does work for. Um, he tweeted out Saturday morning, I believe, was that Caleb Mills is in, had contact with Houston as a possible because he just entered the entered the transfer porter portal as well and man i do <laughs> i don't i define contact if if Caleb mills were to return <laughs> to houston i will i will I, that would be we would, would all be shot everything out of this world the, the old saying that hell froze over I would shocked. I would be stunned if if that were to happen. I guess you can never say never, but uh, <laughs> I'm curious to to learn more about what in contact means. But yeah, from a Tremont Mark perspective, it's certainly interesting. And and what school he ends up going to, uh, I've heard that potentially there's interest from the SEC, even uh, another Big Twelve school. That would be interesting, obviously, because Houston's going to make that jump into the Big 12 if he were to land in a Big 12 school. Hey, you get to see Tremont Mark next season as a as an opponent if he does decide to come back. But to to the point, Chris, especially when it comes to the mentality standpoint of if he if he indeed knew that he was going to make this decision weeks ago, it's interesting. I mean, he didn't have that that strong of a finish this season and outside of that second round game against Auburn which I mean kudos to him because he really carried Houston into the the Sweet 16 game but when you think about it we knew from the get-go that Jarvis Walker was going to be a one-and-done player and even Marcus Sasser I know he came back for his senior year but he was going to be heading to the NBA after this year regardless you know it just makes you wonder if maybe outside factors stop this team from reaching its true potential and Coach Sampson touched on it a few times about outside outside factors, you know, especially around, especially at home games. Definitely. Um, but Tremont, Mark, if he, and I can I'll take it from a basketball perspective as well. Tremont, Mark, Houston's going to the Big Twelve, and Apollo, yes, the Cougs will will have the transfer portal without question. Oh, definitely, they're gonna do that regardless whether Tremont came back or not. They'll do that regardless because they need to get 
more experienced players, for sure. But the Cougs heading to the Big 12, more exposure, more TV games, better competition. Jamon would have had the ball in his hands more often next season. He and his people decided to leave that situation. That's his and their choice. If you want to, if NIL was a factor, that's his and their choice as well. Hey, I wish him the best of luck, but I'm not going to lose sleep over him leaving. Because Coach Sampson has said many times this season and previous years at Houston, either you're two feet in or you're not. And you, Andy, and Chris Baldwin saying that Tremont for months had been thinking about this in the case that he was not two feet in this season down the stretch. Then he should goodbye. Goodbye to him. Either you're two feet in or you're not. Will, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. And I, I'm not hating on Tremont or his people. I wish him the best of luck. I think they're making a, a wrong decision. But he's doing what he believes is best for him. But the Cougs are now a nasty relevant program going to a better basketball conference. So the fact that Tremont and his people have chosen to leave that situation is curious to me. What say you, Mr. Gibson? You muted, Will. There you go. Oh, now you muted again. <laughs> there we go. Right. <laughs> I actually was going to ask the same thing. Was there, I mean, okay, two months ago, it was indicated that he was ready to leave, but was there any issue between he and the coaching staff and the issue between him and Coach Sampson? Um, Nothing that teammates? we saw, no. Okay. Nothing that we saw, okay. no. Hmm. From, okay. I mean, yeah. So, from... Go ahead, Will. Yeah, so, th- th- so then that being said, I don't understand, you know, three years in, three years in, knowing that you're coming back as a featured player in a Power 5 conference. I don't, that doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't make, you guys are closer to the program than I, but just as someone looking at the facts as they are, it doesn't make sense. I wish him well, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I wish him well, and there's, so far, <laughs> Andy James, you guys correct me if I'm wrong on this. So far, there does not seem to be. Well, how do I say this? Um, when Caleb Mills left, he didn't leave on the best of terms. Okay. So, so far, that does not seem to be the case with Tremont Mark. What do you guys say about that? No, I agree 100%. This feels like, I don't know if mutual will be the right word, but I don't think there's, uh, I don't think there's certainly not, there's no bad blood in terms of when Caleb Mills left. And, and, you know, when, when he, when Mills left, it was really, really uh, awkward, might not be the right word, but you could tell just, um, that first availability that Kelvin Sampson had after Mills transferred, he, he didn't really want to touch on it. He didn't want to talk about Mills. You know, and at the end of the day, Houston kept going. I mean, that was the year that they went to the Final Four yeah. after losing Caleb Mills. 
in early January. So I don't think with Mark's reasoning it's anything at that level. And again, it, it, it waited until the offseason. If, if he truly was two two months out knowing that he was going to leave Houston, it would have been something if he would have pulled the Caleb Mills and just left mid-middle of the season, middle of the conference season, which he didn't do. He played it out. But I think – you know, at the end of the day, whatever his reasoning reasoning is, you know, hopefully it does work out for him. From a outside perspective, again, not knowing the the meat and potatoes of that reasoning, it's a little bit odd because you know, from from an outside, it, it you would imagine that he would certainly get a much more featured role. And again, in the Big Twelve, but who knows? Whatever the outside factors are, and I I think the biggest takeaway from all this is kind of like, hmm, yeah, again. The, the biggest word that Houston used after they lost to Miami in the Sweet 16, they, they didn't want to use it, but certainly from a fan perspective, it was kind of like, oh, you know, they felt like they could have done more from their their NCAA tournament run. And when this when something like this leaks out, and again, you, you don't want to you know, put it in there, but it, it just, from a personal experience, when you know that you're not going to be there after a certain time, it's hard to get fully engaged, even if you don't necessarily like, even if you don't necessarily are like, oh, I'm checked out, I don't care. Even though if you're still committed, it's hard to be 100% bought in, even if, if like in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I'll be gone after. And to me, from a fan perspective, that kind of leaves you with the big what if. What if mm-hmm. everyone would have been fully invested? Like maybe it is Houston playing against San Diego State tomorrow, or at the very least, maybe they did get to play yesterday, which I think that, that's probably where it maybe not stings, but it, it certainly lingers in the back of your mind if you're from a fan perspective. James, what do you say? Yeah, I think Andy hit on some good points. Obviously, the big difference like he hit on was, you know, Caleb Mills was a middle of the season type deal where, you know, he stepped away for the program and from the program initially. And then, you know, a few days later, it was announced he was going to, you know, explore other options where Tremont stuck it out. I think, um, I mean, I haven't heard any bad blood things. And from everything I've heard, um, and I think, I mean, y'all have all mentioned it, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing. It's just, you know, like, this was 100% Tremont and his people. Um, like, there, I, I haven't heard anything about, you know, Samson or anyone being like, you know, you're not in our plans. Like, I think they, they, they were going to welcome him back for another year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, uh, he left on as, you know, on the same terms as Caleb. It will be interesting, like Andy said, to try to find out more, um, just behind the reasoning and stuff. But, um, yeah. And can I ask a question? Yes, sir. And I know I'm about to, because I'm about to lock the few jump off because my iPad is low. Okay. But I'm just curious. Who are, I've heard the term his people, Tremont and his people. Who are his people? AAU coaches, coach, influencers, family, people like okay. that. Okay. 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 Because I'm not saying, I, I, I guess for me, when I hear that, it's like a, I don't know, a triggering the Bill Jackson and Posse thing. Like, no, no, it, it's, it's. And, yeah, and I know it, you guys don't mean that. And I, that's yeah. I know, I know. I know you guys don't mean that. But anytime I hear, well, there's people, there's people, there's people, I'm like, well, who, who are these proverbial people? But I got yeah. it. I got it. I got no, it's, it. it's a fair question. But honestly, in, uh, in 
this day and age with Joe putting it out there, just about every college kid oh, yeah. has, has some influence of people. <laughs> it's yeah. just a question of who they are. Without question. So that's it's it's a it's an umbrella term yep. for because you know because some could, it could be nil folks, some it yep. could be relatives, some it could be friends, some it could be coaches from high school or, or AAU days. So it's it's a little bit of of depends on the folks because. Other current Cougs, they also have people yeah. who right. the staff has to keep in the loop, keep happy to make sure those guys return to the program. Sure. Because that, that's just the way it is. But, Will, thanks very much, man, for, for, for your time. And we appreciate you chiming in. Oh, real quick, real quick before yep. you run out. Yep. Just show your thoughts on um, spring football, Ohio State. Anything you want to say about the importance or lack thereof of the spring game? Oh, yeah, without question. Uh, yesterday was practice 7 of 15, halfway through. Uh, quarterback battle is still ongoing uh, between Devin Brown and uh, Kyle McCord. Uh, no front runner definitively has, has stepped forward. Um, the importance of spring games. I, I think that I, I, you guys know, and I, and I kind of got into a bit of a discussion uh, with some Houston fans, uh, Houston supporters, Houston people, if you will, um, a couple of days ago about uh, the spring game. It's just a dying fad. And I said, well, no. Um, Ohio State had 60,000 at their spring game last year, which was low, being completely transparent. It was a 50-degree day, and 60,000 showed up for a spring game. Um, this year's spring game is in two weeks, two weeks from yesterday, actually, April 15th. Uh, tickets went on sale February 10. Um, I don't have a number yet of uh, where they are, but I know you mentioned Colorado in, in your post earlier. Colorado's spring game is, uh, I believe, the only one being broadcast by ESPN. And their numbers of uh, tickets sold is phenomenal. Right 45,000. So, yeah. 45,000. <laughs> sold out. Sold out. 45,000. So I don't know that that classifies as a dying fad to me. Correct. So that was it. But I appreciate the time, gentlemen. I, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I'm low, so I don't. I just want to jump off before I get cut off. Okay, but man. I appreciate you guys, man. As always, we'll talk soon. All right, take care, Will. Yes, sir. Oh, Will, thank you. Enjoy uh, wherever you are. And those birds, I, I keep thinking you're at the beach, Will. Um, we'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. In the in the spirit of WrestleMania weekend. Uh, you know, wrestling, you know, wrestlers, they they have uh, parts unknown. I'm in parts unknown right now. <laughs> all right. All right. Good well, enough, right. Will. All right. All right enjoy your, enjoy <laughs> that. Take care. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. And, and as Will brought up spring game, I did some checking. And the teams who will be in the Big 12 as of July 1st of this year, only Oklahoma State and I think uh, K-State will not have a spring game, spring showcase, something along those lines. Oklahoma State usually has one, but this year they won't because their stadium is undergoing some renovations construction. And a few of the teams, Baylor for one, their green and gold game will be streamed on ESPN Plus April 22nd. 
BYU had their game a few days ago on March 31st. It was on ESPN+. Plus. Texas Tech spring game, April 22nd, will be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Andy James, do you, you get a theme here? Yeah. The Cougs spring game is when? Friday, this upcoming Friday. And how much promotion has, has been for it? There's uh, been some. Not much. The first... There's been some. Go, it'll go be, uh, <laughs> no, ahead. I was just going to say, it'll be Friday. I'll be curious to, to see the turnout uh, for that event, which is free to the public. But um, like, date back to, to last year, it's it seemed like mostly family was there so i mean it'll be interesting to see but again when you look at where the football the houston football program is now compared to i mean compared to colorado where obviously they have a lot of buzz and excitement over the the change that's going on in their program and well ohio state's just the premier brand i don't know it's, you can't it, it's houston is not at that level. Colorado's different. They should. They're not at that level. Let's just keep it straight. Which yeah. is, I mean, I mean, it's a point. And Cincinnati has an official sponsor for their spring game. I'm not going to name them because they're not paying us. You know, folks talking sports, but the Bearcats, who are joining the Big Twelve, just like the Cougs, have a title sponsor for their spring game that will take place April 15th. Think about that. Okay, a title sponsor for a spring football game. So, as Andy said, Houston's not ready. I've said it. Houston Athletics is not ready for big-time football, big-time marketing, big-time athletics in terms of promotions, in terms of marketing, in terms of a lot of different things, areas of improvement are needed. And other than the tweet, I haven't seen any marketing for the spring game. And Andy, I think it was you or or a friend of mine, I think Derek, D-Skills H-Town, tweeted from a a fan, UH fan, UH alum, I don't believe it was a troll, asking about or lamenting that the UH spring game was a week away or 10 days away and had been nothing mentioned about it. And that got some comments. I think Will's part of that thread, Twitter thread. And then a day or so later, UH football Twitter account tweeted one week away from the spring game. (laughs) So got to do better. We talked about this many times during folks talking sports that UH football does not do a good job of promoting itself. UH football does not have a, an equivalent of Lawrence Sampson on, in the program to market and promote itself. That's an issue. If there's no mention of the spring game on radio or in the newspapers or, or, and you tell me, TikTok, Instagram, other social media, how are fans like in Orbiter who aren't on Twitter going to know about the spring, the, the spring game? 
Well, I yeah. just saw it looks like they only have two tweets about it. The the original first tweet came February twenty fourth when they said Houston begins fifteen spring fifteen practice in the spring slated. I think I guess that following upcoming Tuesday was going to be the first day of the spring practices, and then it would be capped off by the spring game on April seventh at TDCU Stadium, and then a lot of lot of posts. And come March thirty yeah. first, hey, one week away till the spring game. Yeah, and I just looked on UH cougars.com which is the athletic website and the only thing that mentions the spring game that i can find is the february 24th when it talks about opening spring practice but that it doesn't even highlight it in the the, the headline it's not until the second graph where it's like the spring game will be held on april 7th there's no like post like previewing uh's spring game or anything like that um what to expect and also let me let me say this when i talked about the other spring games for the Big 12 teams and Allen, there's no specific name the Coons are targeting in the portal. We are all trying to find out, but sometime this week we'll get a better indication of who that is. Might even get some names for you. But some of the Big 12 schools have had or have or have coaches have media availabilities after their spring practices. I've seen them posted on their particular school websites about the spring practices happening so far. Spring games, spring meet availabilities, some of them are even on Big 12 Now and ESPN Plus. Okay, think about what I'm saying. Football coaches, college coaches in the Big 12 have had media sessions discussing spring practice that and they are posted on their school websites and or youtube and or espn plus or other platforms about their spring practices for football uh coach hogerson it's a it's a missed opportunity well they've had they've had Go ahead. They've had two. They've had two, two public ones. Two they had one where Dana Holgerson spoke on the first day of spring, and then the new offensive line coach spoke, I want to say the week after, and I think during that availability they had a few players as well, and then they had the they have- draft, the pro day, Houston's pro day, Holgerson spoke as well. So I think that's been three over the course of the spring, and they'll, they'll have, have more this they'll week. Have- yeah, when, they'll have, when was the pro day scheduled, Andy? <laughs> the, the Thursday before the Houston basketball team played in the Sweet 16. So when most of the sports media was out of town. <laughs> right? Mm, well. So, you know, the, the, the planning of that could have been better. Um, but are those links on the UHQ's website? I, think, I believe they posted it. They posted them on their YouTube. That's good. That's an improvement. But are they posted on uhcougars.com? Uh, I'm not sure about UH Cougars. So, you know, you got to reach your fans wherever they are. 
post links to them in general general area or general releases, football, et cetera. But there's, it's an improvement. But there has to be more has to be done because Houston is entering a bigger brand of football. The talent level has to improve. The marketing has to improve. So there's so much that has to improve. For, with the marquee sport of the program, well, the biggest moneymaker of the program, men's basketball, is a marquee sport of Houston athletics. And now, in these final minutes of folks talking sports, D-Skills, how are you? Alan, how are you? Thank you for chiming in with your comments. I'm going to go from the sublime to the ridiculous. <clears throat> or as James put it, I think he said it was embarrassing in regards to this. Home attendance this, this past season, 2022-23, for women's basketball. Teams either currently in the Big 12 or will soon be in the Big 12. And for those who are joining us right now on Folk Talk of Sports, we have discussed Jamon Mark's decision to leave the transfer portal. Um, I was not surprised. Andy and, and James initially said they were surprised, but then during more investigating, heard that Jamon had been thinking about it for almost two months. So keep that in mind. But the Cougs will enter the portal. And we're going to get back to it because I have some questions for you guys about UH men's basketball and where they go for roster construction for this coming season. But home attendance for women's hoops for Big 12. Iowa State first, 10,000 plus. This is average attendance, average per game. Texas, nearly 5,800. Texas Tech, 4,900. Oklahoma, 4,400. Baylor, roughly the same thing, 4,400. Kansas, 3,500. Kansas State, 3,250. Oklahoma State, 2,500. West Virginia, 2,200. UCF, 2,000. BYU, 1,800. Guys, notice, I have not said Houston yet. TCU, 1,600, Cincinnati, 1,000, and bringing up the rear, bringing up the rear, Houston Cougars, 775, average home attendance for this year's Houston Cougars women's basketball team. I got the numbers from each of the school's websites, their stat sections, 775. Honestly, that number shocked me because the previous season, it was just 368. Thoughts on that, gentlemen? Who wants to go first? Uh, it just goes to, I'll take it first, James. It just goes to show the, the, I mean, the status of the program, not only on the court, but really from a Houston Cougars fan base perspective, it's not really much interest in women's basketball here at the University of Houston from a fan perspective. James? 
Yeah, I mean, it goes to show a lot of things. Um, one, one big thing we've talked about plenty this year is just the lack of marketing around the program and just the promotion of it. And that's sort of what happens when you don't. Obviously, the play has been subpar for the most part, although they did, you know, make a little run in the uh, American Athletic Conference tournament. But, I mean, 775 is embarrassing. Um, just home attendance. Um, you you mentioned Iowa State, who had a decent year, but that's two two regular season home games at Iowa State is like five 6,000 more people than UH had in their 14 home games combined. The big schools, you know, whether it's UConn, LSU, you know, with the revival that's happened there, South Carolina, you know, that's one or two games in their – They've already brought in more fans than Houston does in an entire season. And, um, I mean, yes, those numbers will jump next year for Houston um, in the Big 12, but a lot of it will be Baylor fans traveling down, Texas fans traveling down. So, I mean, you'll see the numbers improve, but how much is it really UH fans where, I mean, honestly, UH could be playing however many games they end up playing next year, 30-something road games. Um, for the most part, just because at least in Big 12, other other fans could easily outnumber uh, the fans, the UH fans in, inside Fertitta Center. It's yeah. marketing is a part of it. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off, but marketing is a part of it. But at the end of the day, I, it starts with the on the court, on the field, whatever sport you want to put it in. It starts with that um, because. Uh, let's let's talk about that run that they made in the American Athletic Conference when they got to the championship game. Those, those, that's the most buzz I've seen around the women's basketball team, honestly, probably ever. Whenever they were one win away from making the NCAA tournament, and because that championship game was on ESPNU, it certainly seemed like more people or ESPNU or ESPN two. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was you. Yeah, there was certainly a lot more one accessibility for people to be able to tune in. And there was more buzz, there was more interest, but for many, <laughs> that was the first time they had seen the women's basketball team on season. And 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 what did they do? They <laughs> had a, they had a they brick couldn't fest. what we, exactly that's what I was going to get to. The fans couldn't <laughs> wrap their mind around how that second half went and their inability to make baskets, which had been the story of the team really for most of the season, for the entire season, honestly, and. That's, I mean, that's where it starts. Yeah, if if both programs, I mean, it's not just the women's team. It's programs outside of of really outside of men's basketball and and a few of the other sports as well. Where if there's not consistency, I mean, look at look at it from the volleyball team perspective. They've gotten to a point where they're consistently winning games. Going back to the 2019 season when David Rare the head coach of the volleyball team took over and they've steadily seen that improvement this season when they had their strongest season in decades. You know, they were setting attendance records, it seemed like a point every every game out, which I, I that's the biggest factor when marketing's a part of it. But I think you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it goes to what's the actual the product, uh, on the, product on, being yeah. being sold on the court or on the field or you know wherever wherever it's being played. And and let's just say a few more things. If anybody saw today's LSU Iowa women's championship game and the shot making in that game, 
And yes, LSU made a lot of threes. Shot out of their minds. Put up over a hundred points. Shot out of their minds. But anybody watching today's women's title game, you cannot, if you're being objective, there's no way in the world you should believe that Houston women's basketball is remotely close to the talent on display in the championship game, in the semifinals, in the final four. Nowhere close. Skill level, shot making, ball movement, any of that. Nowhere close. So add all that to attendance of less than 800 per home game. Add that to Ronald Huey being the lowest paid coach in the new Big 12. How much does Tillman care about women's basketball? How much does Renu Couture care about women's basketball? Her interview she did for Houston Media, Houston Matters on Houston Public Media website. She mentioned a lot of things, but in there she talks about the move to the Big 12. And she said that they're going into the Big 12 to compete for championships. Really? Have you looked at the women's basketball program? Give me a break. Have you looked at the attendance for women's basketball? Give me a break. And oh, I'm looking at attendance for football too. Football as well. You know, which I, again, football is supposed to be the moneymaker for a program. Which again, it goes back to the consistency and on the on the field production. Exactly. And the UH. East Carolina championship game, conference title game, was 44-43. The combined turnovers, the, the shooting was just awful. It was, it, it's nowhere close to big-time women's college basketball. And now the Cougars are going into the Big 12 women's basketball, of course, with whole athletics going to the Big 12. And the Big 12 women's hoops is kind of plateaued because Baylor is not a national program right now. But every other team, women's team in the Big 12, is still better than Houston. So what does that say about the state of women's basketball for at Houston and the fact that they're bringing back Ronald Huey for a 10th year, even though he's made zero trips to the tournament? Anybody, anybody comment on that? I mean, it, it, it's. There's. From a competitive standpoint, it's really, it's honestly just about hiring the right people. Um, and a, your argument in terms of the women's basketball team, from a financial perspective, at least from an optics point of view. You you could make the argument that there is not enough resources being allocated from a financial perspective to to be able to turn around the program, but it also is about hiring the right person because look at the the football program. This is will be year five four for Dana Holgerson five I believe, and it's going to be like well. It's expected to to be a, a really difficult process in the first year in the Big Twelve. So 
I don't know, when it comes to some programs, it seems like it's kind of just stuck in, and maybe not stuck in mud, but it's certainly, there, there's just not excitement about those programs. And looking at it from the women's basketball perspective, Chris, you and I here on, on Folks Talking Sports, we talked about it after last season when, you know, following Houston's, the 21 year when they were the first team out of the NCAA tournament, they followed it up with a lackluster season where they didn't come close. I know they mm-hmm. made that run in the NIT, but, you know, really, if a move was going to be made, it should have been that year to allow a new coach to give that one season in the America to kind of get their feet established and head into the Big 12 with, you know, at least roots tied into the program trying to go into a new conference. That didn't happen. Um, The team had another up-and-down year. They made that run in the conference tournament, weren't able to get over the hump and get into the NCAA tournament. And I think the, the, the word to use, it's, it's kind of stuck. It's stuck because now that he's coming back, that Ron, Ron Hughes coming back, I get the argument that you don't want to throw in a new coach into basically the Sharks of trying to turn, turn over the program. But what's really the, the alternative that they're going with is kind of like, well. It's Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, and I mean, that's hard to build excitement from that. And here's another example. Alan, I'm, I'm just about to bring, bring her up. Transfer from Pitt, ACC school, Malia Johnson. Malia Johnson shot 38% from the floor this year at Pitt. 30.8 from three. Average 8.5 points, 3.6 rebounds in 30 games, 30 games. 29 free throw attempts. 30 games, 29 free throw attempts. 30.8% from three. Those numbers indicate to me she's not a good shooter. And I'm going to say this, it sounds crash to say. Well, based on the fact she's not a good shooter, she's a Houston Cougar under Ronald Huey. Because the whole team can't shoot. They can't make shots. So you add, you add a 30.8% three-point shooter, under 40% overall, to your roster as you go to the Big 12. Over and over. It's, it's like, and I'm not sure who was it. Turd Ferguson, 87. I don't believe it's Pez that doesn't care. I think it's folks higher up than Pez, like Tillman, like Chancellor Couture. They don't care because if they cared enough, they could tell Pezman, what is going on here? What are we doing? But if, if they don't care, all Pez can tell us, media, well, we're going to give Ron another chance. We don't believe it's, it's right to change the first year in the Big 12. Huh? And the, 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 that's the thing. The thing about that is how, and I talk, I talked on it on the Pod Slam and Gemma podcast. Free plug, by the way, go subscribe to the Pod Slam and Gemma YouTube channel. <clears throat> but we we discussed the state of the women's basketball team. And for me, I mean, how, how can you accurately judge Huey this season? 
because if they go out there and they just get, you know, trounced night in and night out in the Big 12, it's expected, right? They yeah. struggled in the American. So what would the justification be to fire on Huey after next season? We didn't meet expectations. It was too harsh in the Big 12. And if they... Being, they're expected to be in the basement of the Big 12 if they were to get t- towards the middle of the Big 12, which uh, we talked about how, how crazy it would be if Caleb Mills returned to the men's basketball program. I think that, that would be at that level with what's been shown. It's still not a turnaround of, of getting to the ultimate goal, which should be to make to the NCAA tournament. It, and I think it's just really difficult they're in a position where it's hard to kind of judge success because it's kind of that I don't know know if you could accurately say as an excuse but you're kind of building in that situation again going back to what I've kind of reiterated it just seems like they're stuck because as they go out and have a bad season you can justify by saying well it's the first year in the Big 12 what did you expect whereas if you would have made a change and brought someone else new at least you could have steps You you could turn the page (laughs) <laughs> right. And I mean, it, again, that's, that's just kind of the word with that program. It's, I don't, I personally just don't know how you accurately can judge them fairly, Ron Huey, because even then, I'd imagine what, what's the difference between year one and year two if you bring in a new coach after next season? And James, I'm talk, bring you in on this, but real quick, I've heard from college coaches, high school coaches. And they say to me, Chris, what, what, <laughs> what is Houston doing? What is Huey doing? He's got to bring in better talent. Then I'm ready for the Big 12. I hear that all the time. But James, I want to get your thoughts on UH baseball. Surprised many of us won a series over eighth-ranked East Carolina, uh, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. James? How? <laughs> I mean. They, they were all close games uh, today. I believe it was the seventh inning. Alex Lopez hit kind of a crazy homer off the foul pole um, to break a 4-4 tie and push him up. And then uh, Cam Nickens, who's been as hot as anyone in college baseball, uh, walked off uh, the Pirates on Friday night in the series opener. Uh, obviously, it's a step in the right direction, but there's still a long way to go with just how poorly uh, non-conference season went uh, for UH. And, uh, I mean, I still – I mean, if they, if, if they can build on this, uh, I mean, they gotta, they got to be able to build on this um, if they want any chance of making the tournament because this series just gets them back to 500. They've already lost a couple – I mean, we've talked about it earlier, but they've lost to Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Carnet Word. UTRGV twice, uh, UT Arlington. They got blown out, lost by thirteen. They lost to Sam Houston, so they've they've had some losses where you know you expect those wins. So yes, these this weekend's a good step for the program over you know one of the better teams in college baseball, but there's still a long way for them to go. Um, and yeah, to add on to James's point, just so like we're not signaling all Ron Huey or, or women's basketball because baseball arguably has been in the same position over the yep. course of the last five years where 
it again, it's been stuck in neutral with that program. Now, granted, like I mentioned, if they go on an incredible conference tournament run, or not tournament, conference schedule run, and they make it to the NCAA tournament, congratulations. But for the past, going back to 2018, it's been a program that has struggled to, to they haven't made it to the NCAA tournament either. And the best season they've had felt short in the conference tournament as well over the course of, I believe it was 21 or 22, but it's just when you think of those programs, I mean, you can toss in softball as well. I know they had a, a good year in 2019 or 2020, one of those years as well. But I mean, there's just a lot of, and I hate to say this word, but there's just a lot of mediocrity with those programs where, I mean, there's not consistent excitement for them. Yeah. And there's not, there's not change. I don't know, maybe that's just the patient administration in, in college sports. Yeah, it's been five or this four seasons, not including this season, since the baseball program's been in the NCAA tournament and all the way back to 2014 until they were in a super regional, which is the baseball equivalent of like Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Um, so, yeah, there's there's been a drought there. And I think Andy brings up good points that, um, I mean, yes, we've talked a lot about women's basketball, but you can see it in these other programs as well. And, um, Again, many people thought uh, Todd Whitting would be gone sooner than it has now, but he's he's stuck around, similar to Huey. Yep, and and Whitting is in the last year of his contract. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no one, well, hardly anyone outside of the program believes he'll be back. Believes he'll be at Houston when Houston is in the Big Twelve. Outside of the program, <laughs> okay. Who knows what they think inside the program, but if the administration is serious about competing for championships in the Big 12, things have to change in baseball for the better, in baseball, softball, women's basketball, football. What else? How's golf doing? How are they doing golf? Are they okay? Are they Big 12 ready? They're okay. They're not going to make a ton of noise in the Big 12. They have, a, they have you know, both on the men's and women's side, a player or two that occasionally, you know, ha stands out and, you know, competes for either takes the tournament title individually or, you know, finishes top five, ten on the leaderboard. But team-wise, they're not going to be competing for any a Big 12 title or anything nationally. And see, that's a problem because I'm going to put on my UH alum hat. As an alum, I want to see UH athletics shine in every sport. It's not feasible to shine in every sport every year, but sucking in the majority of sports is too much every year. Competitive be good, and compete for championships. We're just talking about what the administration has said. They expect to compete for championships. They said that. It's not us. They've said that. Track and field, yes. Swimming and diving, they're shining. Oh, yes. I agree with all of that. Yeah. But uh, 
Go ahead, James. Volleyball will be in the mix. Volleyball, yeah. we'll see as well. They should be competitive. I was just going to throw this out here. I just looked it up. Golf Week, um, their latest rankings in college golf for men on the men's side. I can't find the women's one. Came out on March 29th, so fairly recent. And Houston is 53rd nationally. Yeah. And and uh, Alan Tran about Jalen Cook. Yeah, we discussed him. <laughs> uh, we touched on him in previous Let's Red Coop shows. So we should, I should, uh, hope to hear some transfer reporter names this week. Just put it like that. I think Andy and James work on it as well. But that's what I was told yesterday when I was hanging around NRG Stadium at the Final Four, men's Final Four. Wrapping it up. <laughs> The Cougs from Unmarks in the transfer portal. The Cougs have a lot of freshmen coming in this class. Yeah. Then you got youngsters already with Emmanuel Sharp on this class, Terrence Arsenault. Uh, you got Cedric Lott coming in. I mean, you could Cordell, be <laughs> Cordell, what's Cordell's last name? Jefferson. 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 Jojo Tugler, a finalist for the Gabby Lewis Award. Cedric so, Lott. The Cougs are going to have to hit the portal for veterans because I mean, right now you you're being figured. there's a problem. There's a tendency. You can be too young. Mm-hmm. Talented, yes, <laughs> but too young. So the Cougs, I think, got to hit the transfer portal to get probably at least two impact players, veterans, mm-hmm. at least two. Now, who those are, we shall see. But because some of the youngsters incoming freshmen you might see one or two of them redshirt out of necessity <laughs> honestly I mean, they and they have a lot of big men coming in yeah and based on Tremont leaving Marcus leaving for the pros I'm saying this I would not be shocked if the staff says to Malik Wilson Malik, thank you, man, for your, your time. Thank you for what you did in practice, helping make our younger guys better. <clears throat> but we're going to go in a different direction because of need. We need some guys to make an impact in the Big 12. And you may not be part of that direction going forward. I'm saying that. But they got to get more experience in the portal. I think they will. I don't believe it's going to be a major issue. So, Kook fans, don't panic. Don't freak out. Because Coach Kelvin Sands has been doing this a long time. And one last thing. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet about it. The headline of the tweet was, Bob Huggins says, I feel sorry for Houston. I listened to that segment. He didn't say that. Huggins said, I feel sorry for them, as in the, the four new programs coming into the Big 12. He did not say Houston specifically. So clickbait is clickbait. Sometimes you got to go into listen, listen to it, read the article, you know, do your own investigating. But fans, Andy James, you guys know it. We don't expect the Cougs to go 33-4 and four next year. We don't expect the Cougs to go 17-1 and one in the Big 12 next year. They're going to lose some games in the Big 12. 
But you know what? They'll still be a good team. They're still going to the tournament. So, Andy, what do you say about that? And we'll wrap it up. James, you next. How can folks find you on social media? I agree. Uh, what we've heard over the course of the last few months, years, really, uh, when we talk about the transfer portal and, and really the long line, the teams of players that want to come play under Coach Calvin Sampson and, and here for the program in Houston, and now that they are going to be playing in the Big 12, I'm, I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of people that are excited and, and would want to be a part of that. But I think that's interesting when you look at just a season ago, going back to when they made the Elite Eight, how veteran-laden that squad was with Josh Carlton, Fabian White, Tajay Moore, Kyler Edwards, to now where really the the core rotation players will be Jamal Shedd if he, if he does opt to return after testing the NBA draft and Juwan Roberts. Yep. That'll, that'll be it. I know they'll still have Ramon Walker, but he redshirted if – if Ramon Walker comes back, he'll he Richard. Yep. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> if I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm missing anyone when it comes that's been in here and it's made impact. Emmanuel Sharp, obviously, of course, um, that had a, a solid role, but he'll he'll be a, his sophomore year. So four players, and then three that if you really count them that played this season consistent minutes that were in the rotation for the bulk of the season, and then you'll have. Terrence Arsenal, who will be a sophomore, be with the program. Um, you know, it'll interesting time. I think I agree with you, Chris. They certainly would could, could use veterans to add from the transfer portal. Yeah, and adding on to your point about you know just the expectations in the Big Twelve. Look at it this year. Like the Big Twelve, the a number one seed Kansas. They lost five games in the conference, and they were still a one seed, eight overall. Oklahoma State and TCU both went 500 in Big 12 play, 9-9. Nine and nine. They were comfortably in the NCAA tournament as six seeds. Yep. So there's going to be, I mean, I'm sure Houston fans will overreact, but there's not. it's not going to be another 33-2 and two or whatever, 31-2, and two, whatever it was right. in the regular season. Um, but, but they'll still be good. Um, and Andy, I mean, touched on the main things of the roster. One one name um, I don't think it will happen, but I think the Cougs should look into is uh, Washington State's TJ Bomba. I think mm-hmm. uh, just his ability to score the ball. His first time as a full time starter, he doubled his average in points. He can shoot the three, create stuff off. He he can create his own shot, but he's also good off the dribble. Um, I think that could be an interesting fit. I don't think that will happen just because the number of schools that have shown interest in him, and I haven't seen Houston sort of listed in that but i think that would be someone i if i was in samson's shoes that's that's someone i would definitely take a look at and let's wrap it up james you first how can folks follow you on social media yeah um you can find me at on twitter at jdm2186 and then uh for the next less than a month i guess now um stuff will be on the dailycougar.com and then i will be done um, as sports editor there, but all my work uh, can be found there. And Giannis? Yes, sir. People can find me on Twitter at Giannis underscore five. Like I plugged in earlier in the show, be sure to go hit subscribe to the Post Time and Jamie YouTube channel. Uh, we're still on the road to a thousand subs. And of course, we'll be touching more on the Jermon Mark news and anything else that, that breaks ahead. Uh, the focus now turns to spring football this coming week. 
for Houston and just, I mean, overall to, to add on to the perspective, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how you, the bench basketball team retools because, you know, they have some pieces, but now that I'm thinking about it, geez, they're going to have so many front court players, Juan Roberts, JV Francis, they have Cedric Lott who joined the program early. Then they're going to have Jacob McFarland, um, Jojo Tugler. I mean, geez, that's a lot of front court players. A lot of, yeah, a lot of depth up front. So transfer portals to be wings and guards on the perimeter. So I mean, they're gonna have a lot of young guards too. Be a very young team. This team is in an interesting position. I'm just curious to see how it kind of changes because there's there's a lot of young players, but there's there's. I mean, it, it'll be interesting how it it shapes up because I I agree. I think a veteran or two to this roster is really with the with the team will need but when what kind of happens with all the younger players especially some that might not have played this season and if you bring in another veteran at their position maybe they're in store for another season where they don't get consistent and some young guys may decide to leave so we shall see it's going to be a different year it's going to be a challenging year because of the of the youth currently as on as of april 2nd but the cougs need veterans they need guys who can make shots. I think they need guys who can score on the block. I believe they have some of those in the pipeline on the roster right now. I would like to see Juwan Roberts more as a four, not a five. So we'll see if he and Javier Francis can play well together. It's going to be a different team, but you got to get some three-point shooting, get some impact players like a Marcus Sasser type player, guys like that. They'll do that. We'll discuss it here on, on Folks Talking Sports, on Less Rage Cougs, on Pause and Majama. So thank you very much to Joe, Apollo, Allen, Terry Ferguson, 97. Love that name. Um, D-Skills, H-Town, everybody else who's tuned in. In Orbiter, thank you as well. We will continue talking about the Cougs and other sports throughout the summer, the spring, the summer um, on Folks Talking Sports. And on probably Paul Samajama. And Andy may have thrown a mix, mix up a little bit of some Les Rage Cougs outside of post game editions just to give fans a, a little taste during this offseason. But you can follow me on Twitter at VHR Review. See it there in the upper corner. But follow us That's also on Folks Talk Sports. So um, thank you as for, for everyone, for Will Gibson chiming in. Also, thank you to Jalen Lowe, the winner of the 2023 Gavi Lewis Award for joining us at the top of the show. Wish him good luck and his college career at Pitt. So we're going to wrap it up. Great discussion. I hope we helped a little bit calm the nerves, fears of some Kook fans. It's going to be okay. Fans of UH men's basketball, it's going to be all right. The Kooks will be okay. So for Andy, James, Willie Gibson from Places Unknown, and Jalen Lowe, I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Until next time, everybody take care. Peace.